0: Luke chapter 1 verse 26 Somebody sent me a message the other day said with everything happening you must be getting ready to have quite a breakthrough amen. and I said I thought yeah that's how I want to look at it that's how I want to look at it amen, amen. hallelujah Right back, right back there when I was worshiping, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to my text here in a minute. I was standing back there worshiping, and just, you know, doing my thing, laughing and crying. And I don't look like I'm crying because tears never run out of my eyes; they just don't do that. But uh, in my heart was, and uh, just enjoying the presence of God. And all of a sudden, I heard the Lord speak to me and say, "2019." is going to be a year of setbacks and leaps forward setbacks and leaps forward in other words every time the enemy tries to set us back we're going to leap past where we were amen praise God going to be setbacks but God's going to cause us to leap forward past where we were even at before the setback hallelujah is that not amazing I know I'm supposed to get up here and just declare everything's going to be wonderful and a blessing, and everything, but I'm a realist. I, you know, I want to see things the way, that, the way God sees them, and, and I want to hear the truth. And that's what he said. There's going to be sitbacks but then, and leaps forward. Praise God. So anytime something happens looks like a sitback, just get ready. Get, get posed because you're about to leap. Hallelujah. Praise God. You're about to pounce. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. (laughs) Praise God. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your your relative, has also conceived in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want you to notice when the angel showed up, he did not get into Mary's world. He pulled Mary into his world. When a a message from heaven shows up, he does not approach you in your feelings, in your circumstances. Matter of fact, Mary stood back and said, what kind of greeting is this? You know, because the angel showed up with this confident declaration of what was going to happen to her and didn't even ask her permission. Did you notice Angel didn't show up and say, you know, if it'd be okay. No, he just showed up and started declaring what was going to happen. And he took Mary out of her situation of impossibilities. And with a few words, he pulled her into his world of possibility. And she went from, I don't know how this could happen, to be it unto me according to your words. It's amazing how when we receive a message in our spirit from God, how it changes us and changes our direction, changes our way of thinking, and changes the way we approach life because all of a sudden we're no longer approaching life from our perspective, now we're approaching life from God's perspective. And when we get God's perspective, all of a sudden everything changes. Amen. When the prophet of God was overwhelmed and and surrounded by the enemy and and the young man with him said, we're overwhelmed, we can't do this, you know, there's too many. All of a sudden the, the prophet said, yeah, but... God opened his eyes so he can see, and he looked up, and everywhere around him the army of the Lord was surrounded about them. The prophet had the perspective of God. The young man had the perspective of man, and guess who won? It was God that won. Amen. God took over the situation because impossibility is where we live. We live in a structure of limitations. Amen. Amen. We are limited by what we can do by what we can accomplish we are limited in the natural I have these dreams and I've had them for years that I can fly I know that sounds weird no I'm not psychologically unstable but I have these dreams and at night I I literally fly everywhere I go I don't know I might have been some places I'm not sure but it's so realistic i mean it's it's absolutely i can feel it i can feel the wind i can feel the atmosphere i can feel everything i fly and and it's so simple in my in these dreams all i have to do is just put my hands like this and and i begin to take off and and i can feel it the sensations are real that when i wake up it's always like oh man I want to go back to sleep because there's no limits. There's nothing holding me back. It's that, it's that possibility, that, that, that freedom. And, and so when I wake up and all of a sudden I'm back into, into this limitation, it's really difficult. I mean, it takes me a little bit, bit to pull out of it. It's like, oh, man, you, know, just, you just feel so disappointed and so down. And, 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 but we are limited in what we can do. In the natural but right now if Holy Spirit had a purpose and needed me to leave right now I could put my hands down and I'd be gone if that's what he wanted me to do amen because in his word the Bible says that nothing shall be impossible with God The angel, when he got finished with all of his declaration, you know, he talked about Elizabeth, and then he just he just simply said, Nothing is going to be impossible with God. Everything's going to happen. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now the word possible means strength, might, and ability. Strength, might, and ability. Where you read the word possible, it's talking about that there is an ability to accomplish it. In other words, we see things as impossible. And in another place, he said, Jesus said, with man, in, in, uh, in Matthew 19, 26, he said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God can do this in other words when God says it there is an ability released to make it happen when we get in line with what God's doing when we when we partner with God whatever has to happen will happen because God is a creator God he will literally create what needs to happen in order for you to accomplish what he's called you to do if you, if you look into the Word of God and it tells you that this is what God has willed, then you can, you can agree with that and realize that as long as you are with God in this, then God will clear the way, he will make it possible, and he will create whatever needs to be created for it to happen. Yeah. Who art thou, old mountain before Zerubbabel? Yeah. I don't make you a plane. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. The, the, The angel of the Lord was declaring that the mountain that seemed to be standing in Zerubbabel's way, he was saying, I will remove you and I will make you nothing but a flat plain. There will be, in other words, there will be no restrictions because of the spirit of the Lord. Now, the enemy, the devil, lion, serpent, is doing his best to try to get us to succumb to the realm of impossibility and just trying to get us to exist in that realm. He doesn't mind that you believe in God as long as you don't believe God's going to get you out of this. As long as you don't start believing that you can get out of the prison that he's built for you, he doesn't mind that. But he wants to to corner you in and cause you to, to adopt a mindset of, I just have to learn how to deal with this. Dealing with it and conquering it are two different things. One says, nothing is going to change, so I just simply have to learn how to tolerate this and live with it. The other says, I don't want to tolerate it. I want it gone, and I believe God to deliver me out of this situation. Amen. Now, a lot of it is contingent on whether it's just a desire that we have that we're trying to pursue or whether we have found in the word that this is what God wants and we are partnering with God to make this happen. He says that he will give you the desires of your heart, but I got, you, I got to warn you about something. Don't just, think, don't just think that that's a blank check that you can write out and sign because Jesus couldn't even do that. Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. As long as he was partnered with the Father, things happened. But I want you to realize that in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, in, chapter, in Mark chapter 14, verse th- 36, Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, said, Father, Abba, Father, Dad, all things are possible to you. You can deliver me from this cup. If it's your will, you can deliver me from this cup. Jesus had a desire To not to have to go through what he was about to go through now a lot of people say he was it was the cross But I got I got my own opinion about that I believe that the sweat that came forth from him as great drops of blood the pressure was because Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane yielded to the will of the Father and received upon himself the crushing, corruption, and oppression of this world and carried it to the cross and crucified it because after the Garden of Gethsemane, he no longer tried to defend himself. He no longer allowed the power of God to free him. Even when they fell as dead men, he would tell them to get up. He he did not allow the power of God or the rightful heirship that he had to deliver him because he had a purpose and he'd come in agreement with the father and and he would, but his desire was God everything's possible and if it's your will you can deliver me for this but then he said but nevertheless not my will nevertheless now, I want you to understand something you know, if you're going to walk in the supernatural, you have to walk in the supernatural partnership of the Holy Spirit and be about the Father's business. This isn't just for us to go out and have everything we want in life. This is about establishing the kingdom of God, overcoming the power of Satan, and taking territory for the kingdom. Amen. I believe in in the power of God. I believe in the miracle working power of God. I believe God can do anything. But I don't believe God wants to do everything. Because that, a lot of the things that God that we want him to do would not further the kingdom but would only further our desires. You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's a lot of things I would desire to be different. But sometimes it's not good. For those things to be different it's not you know i was when i was praying about the things that's happened to our family lately and and i won't even go into all of it it we've been hit from so many directions but as i as as i was praying about that i i I said i said this in my spirit i said everything that happens in our lives is god filtered so obviously heavenly father allowed these things. Because we got angels. We got blessing. We have provision. You say, you mean it's God's will for Benai to be hurt? I don't believe it's God's will for him to be hurt, but I know this, that we are being tried in the the fire, and when the fire has done its work, we're going to come forth as gold, and we're going to be more purified, and there's going to be more anointing, there's going to be more blessing. If you don't want to go through the pressure, don't try to get the anointing. I heard TD Jake say this and it just really grabbed my spirit he said he said if you want the anointing and he used a little bottle of anointing oil and he showed showed that bottle he said we want the anointing and this oil represents the anointing that pure anointing and and we look at that and we say, oh, thank God for this oil. And we want the anointing of God. We want the power of God. We want the blessing of God. But i got to tell you something. The fact that we are holding this in a, in a trash can somewhere, there's a, little, there's a little olive that was squished and pressed and crushed so that the oil could come out. A lot of times we don't want to go through the crushing in order to get the blessing. But we got to learn to endure the things that come at us and excel through them. God never promised us that nothing bad was going to happen in our lives. But he said, "I'll be with you. I will be with you." When things come against you, when sickness comes in into your life, it's not the fact that God has let you down, but it's the fact that God wants God's about to raise up a testimony out of you. Amen. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. When he comes at us one way, he'll depart from us seven ways. Amen. When he he comes in to try to bring destruction, God will build a house right in the middle of the destruction. When When our enemies surround us, God will say, hey, just... Let's just take a break here sit down here at my table and eat right in the front of your enemies Amen God prepares the table before us in the presence of our enemies And a lot of times we're so busy worrying about the enemies we don't realize there's food right in front of us God wants you to sit down and eat Stop worrying about the devil stop worrying about what's going on stop worrying about things that are happening and sit down and eat There's one thing the devil does not want you to do and that's rest I'm not talking about lazy, in, lazy, immobile, you know, not doing anything, refusing to do anything. I'm talking about rest. He does not want your mind. Oh, my goodness. He does not want your mind to rest. He wants you to be troubled. Amen. He wants you to be troubled. He wants you to be overwhelmed. He wants you to be burdened. He wants you to be, you know, i at growing up in this thing, I started preaching when I was 19 years old. I've seen it all my life,' been around it all my life, and for years, I had this mentality that if I was going to be a good pastor, I had to be burdened because a good pastor's burdened. You know, a good pastor's just just barely making it. I'm carrying the load of the church. And I thought, man, you know that's that's the image I got. A good pastor has to be burdened, burdened and broke. Because if you're, if you're doing well, then you're, you're not serving God. You're not doing what you ought to be doing. And I, I lived that for a long time, and it about killed me. You know i had to carry the burden i had to carry the burden had to carry the burden, and all of a sudden i realized that the kingdom of god is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit and i started getting a hold of that and i thought my goodness why why am i why am i going around all burden crushed down pushed down and and upset when when i'm living in a kingdom full of righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit and 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 Instead of trouble, the, Colossians 3.15 says that let the peace of God rule in your heart, whereinto also you are called and be you thankful. And I begin to get a hold of the Word of God. And I begin to realize that I can be a whole lot more help to people if I'm not just burdened down and just barely making it myself. Amen. I need to be able to pull somebody up. So I just kind of shuck off that old attitude, you know, that's been put on this thing That a pastor's got to be burdened and broke i got to tell you something I'm, I'm, blessed. I'm blessed and prosperous And I'm going to be that way Because that's what God called me to be And I'm going, I'm going to be a distributor I, I, think, I think instead of, of becoming a mule To car- carry everybody's load I think I'm just going to be a distributor Of the kingdom of God I think I'd just rather pass the kingdom of God out When people say, hey, listen, I need to crawl on your back, I'm gonna say, whoop, there's your donkey, brought it. (laughs) Come on. There is blessing in the kingdom of God, but there's also times of crushing. And if we, if we pout every time something happens, if we feel like we've been done wrong, if we feel like God's forsaken us, every time something goes wrong in our life, we're never going to get to the point where we can walk on the water. But we're always going to be sinking out of, out, of, out of sight, and Jesus is always going to have to be jerking us back up above the water. But what he wants us to do is walk on the water. But every time the world begins, every time things start going wrong, we stop looking at Jesus start looking at everything around us. And we start sinking. And thank God for his his salvation because he reaches down, grabs us, and pulls us up one more time. But you know, Jesus don't want to have to keep pulling you up from below the surface. He wants you to get up there and walk with him. You know? He don't want us to be an anchor where he's, he's dragging us, you know, walking on water and dragging us and we're just trying to breathe. That ain't what God wants. He wants us to walk. He wants us to get up there with him. Mary, Mary said, I don't know how this is going to be. But the angel didn't didn't buy into that. As Rob said here a while back, Pastor Rob, he's, you know, when, when, when uh, John the Baptist's daddy said that, man he got smacked he should have known better but but when Mary asked it she was asking a valid question you know what you're saying is to go against your law and Mary's asking a very valid question but I want you to notice it didn't even bother the angel the angel never even got he never even stopped he was so excited about what he's saying he just kept going When God shows up, he doesn't sit down with you and pat you and say, I know it's awful. I know it's awful. No, he usually shows up with this, it's going to be, you know, and we're, we're wiping tears going, what? What kind of greeting is this? But when everything looks, when, when, in, the, in the dark night of impossibility, under Roman rule and oppression with priests in the temple that wasn't even supposed to be priests, Everything looked like it was bad. Everything looked like it was awful. And not only that, they were being taxed again. And they had to go. The reason Mary and Joseph was on that, on that journey to and passed through Bethlehem is because there was more taxes being pressed on them. And they were being robbed from. They were being stolen from. The dark night of Satan's oppression was getting heavier and heavier and heavier. But right in the middle of that dark night of oppression, all of a sudden the presence of God showed up and a baby was born. And angels begin to sing and begin to declare that there is a hope, there is a goodness that has been born, a son has been born. And right in the middle of the awful depression and oppression of the enemy, there was life born. God does not wait until everything's perfect to show up. We need to stop waiting, tell everything's perfect, to show up. It's not going to be perfect. God wants you right now, where you're at, in the shape you're in, just to show up. Hallelujah. Another thing we're talking about in office, the difference between perfectionism, perfectionism and exceptionalism. For years, the church almost, has almost has really pushed per- perfectionism, a very uh, we, we preach grace and then demand works. Now there's things we, we're supposed to do, we're supposed to be obedient, we're, we're supposed to do this, do, but the whole reason we do it is wrong. We need to do it because we love him, not because we're afraid he's, he's going he's gonna to knock us down if if we don't do it. If, if, we, if we can just change the dynamic of why we serve God, everything's going to be different. Amen. I don't serve God because I'm afraid of him anymore. I reverence him. I respect him. But I serve God because he is the greatest father I've ever known. I serve God because he's the closest friend I've ever had. I serve God because he has blessed me when everything else was trying to take away from me. I serve God because he has loved me me when i was unlovable he has he has helped me when i was helpless he has raised me up when i couldn't even get up off the ground he has stood me up straight when i had no strength and he has been with me every every hour every day every minute of my life and he has walked with me he has provided for me he has chastised me when i was wrong and then loved me and kissed the tears away from my eyes he has been the father of all fathers he has been the lord of all lords he has been the blesser of all blessers i don't serve him because I I'm afraid he's going to destroy me. I serve him because I know he's going to bless me because he's my father. Well, if we could get, if we get past that, we'd quit worrying about, uh, about our, our sins and we would just simply walk away from them because they no longer have power. The oppression of the enemy no longer controls us because now all of a sudden we're seeing things from a perspective of the, that's totally different from up above instead of of, of a perspective. You know, there's there's a total difference when we're seeing things from this level and seeing things from this level. Everything changes. Everything changes. I've climbed those tall towers. I went from being in a world where I felt like everything was above me in just a little while looking down and everything that was above me is now that big. I've looked down, big big trucks look like, look like they're an inch long. When you're, when you're up above it, everything changes. But the thing I had to do is I had to just simply grab hold and start climbing. Hey, Amen. Just had to start climbing. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stay here surrounded. I'm not going, going to stay here overcome. I'm not going to stay here feeling like everything's above me. I'm going to rise up because God has, has given me a ladder. I like what Jesus said at the, uh, he told the disciples, he said, he said pretty soon you're going to see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And, and that just really caught me. I thought, wow, Jesus, the Son of God had angels ascending and descending constantly. They were there coming and ministering and messengers and, and they were working. The, all of heaven was working with him. And then I thought to myself, but I'm the son of God too. I've been adopted in. I've been given everything that Jesus had. So that means I have angels ascending and descending all around me. I've got, I've got heavenly hosts and heavenly beings that are partnering with me and they're walking with me to the point that, that they, they they know that they have to work with me. And and a lot of times when I am getting ready to do something i'll say come on angels let's go people think i was crazy if they didn't understand what's going on but i out loud i'll say okay angels it's time let's go because i know they're with me i know they're protecting me i know they're walking with me amen and there's times that things happen but god picks me up you know i taught here while back I taught on I taught on overcoming the shame and guilt of ministry. And that sounds weird. But it it affects so many that that is in ministry, whether you're a pastor or any there's always you're always failing. You're always letting somebody down. You can never get to all the needs some you, you pray for somebody they don't get they don't get what they wanted you, you you try to help somebody and you can't help them and while you're helping this person 20 people are are disappointed in you because you're not helping them and and you know there's this constant guilt and shame and after a while you get to where you just walk in that it's just a, a lifestyle of, of trying to deal with that guilt and shame but that's the enemy that's the devil amen That's us trying to perform God's work. But when we realize that we are just simply his vessel and we are, we are to do what he gives us to do and just simply do that and let him take care of the rest of it, then all of a sudden that shame and guilt leaves because we realize that my only duty is to obey what God says to me and do what I can and he's going to take up the rest. He'll, he'll take up the slack. Shame and guilt is not the kingdom of God. Mary had to deal with shame and guilt her whole life because no matter how much it was proven that this was a work of God, people still gossiped. They still talked. They still criticized. They still talked about Mary getting pregnant before she was was, uh, married, and Mary had to deal with that, and yet when when you read about Mary, she didn't seem to walk in that. She seemed to walk in an in a, in a expectation. Matter of fact, when Jesus performed his first miracle, it was Mary that activated it. She wasn't trying to hide off somewhere and, 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 and try to escape the criticism of humanity. No, she was out there because she had a promise from God. She had a word from God, and that word from God is what made all the difference for her. There's a difference when you have a word from God and you walk in the authority of that word, and, and when you don't have a word from God and you walk in the authority of all the words around you. But when you have word from God, you'll hold your head up and walk right through the crowd, and it won't make any difference to you. And when they ran out of wine, Mary, for whatever reason, Mary decided that this was Jesus' time. I don't know if she had responsibility there or, or you know, if, if Mama needed to be bailed out or whatever happened, but she went to, and, and, and she went to Jesus and said, hey, you, you know, you need to do something. Somehow Mary knew that he could change it. That tells me that there'd been some stuff going on from the time he was born. Things were happening, and all of a sudden, Jesus said, "What have I do to do with you, woman?" It's a good thing he was thirty years old. He tried that when he was twelve, and she took him by the ear and took him home. He didn't get by with that stuff at twelve, but at thirty when he said that she just turned around to servant and said whatever he does whatever he tells you do it and so Jesus put himself out there and he turned the water into wine miracles see I know that there's a lot of things that look bad and a lot of things look dark But what I'm hearing in my spirit today is that's when God likes to show up. That's when He likes to make a difference. That's when He likes to turn things around. Amen. That's when He, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Matter of fact, uh, Jesus said, "If you if you can believe, all things are possible to them who believe." All things. It's amazing what God can do if we, if we can just get in, in unison with him. Amen. Praise God. We've seen, we've seen the miracles of God, yet we're, need, we're needing a lot of miracles right now. This church, I was praying the other day and I said, God, we, we don't just need help. We need, we need divine visitations. We need miracles. There's, there's hardly any family in this church that does not need a miracle in some way right now. looks bad looks bleak but it's that's that's when the light likes to show up right in the middle of the darkness at the darkest hour that's when the light likes to turn on and, and begin to shine, and, and depression and oppression begin to lift, and, and healings begin to come, and things begin to transpire. We, we, we see the presence of God. We've been seeing the blessings of God. We've been seeing a lot of things happen, but we're, we, we need to see a release of the kingdom of God like we've not seen it in our lifetime. I've seen, some, I've seen God do some awesome things, but, but we, need a, we need some awesome things happen right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've drove cars without any gas in them. I know God can do it. But I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't try that today just going to town. I put gas in the car. Matter of fact, probably the worst mistake I ever made is I put gas in that car after I drove that thing on without any gas. If I'd have just kept driving it, I would probably still be driving that old thing today and not have to put any gas in it. i've seen i've seen god perform miracles i've seen miraculous healings take place i've seen him change situations and circumstances i've seen god show up in the middle of bad situations and all of a sudden they turn around and i've also seen discouragement disappointment i've seen failure and we we tend to mark our faith in our lives by those disappointments and those failures and that's what we build our belief system on we got to start building our belief system on the on the fact that god is an almighty God. He's an all-righteous God. There are times that we say, God, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. And he says, no, I need you to walk through this. I need you to walk through this. And there's other times when all of a sudden the impossible becomes possible and we, we walk right out of it.